0: Welcome to Church Online today. It's so good to have you with us. Uh, Join us probably from the comfort of your own home. Uh, I'm Kevin, lead pastor here at Thrive Church, and we're starting a series today in the book of Jonah. And I'm so excited about this series that we study this Old Testament character named Jonah for us to discover Who is the Jonah inside of us as well? If you have your copy of God's Word, go ahead and turn to Jonah chapter 4, verse 1. Jonah 4, verse 1. We're going to start at the end of the story, and then next week we'll begin the story. But we're going to start at the end of the story first. How many of you today would be honest and you would say that you've been extremely happy when somebody who hurt you was blessed greatly? How many of you would be daring to say that I have really been so happy when somebody who hurt me got a great blessing in their life? There are very few of us that can do this, including yours truly. That is the hardest thing to do is to hope for God's blessing and hope for God's favor and hope for God's mercy for someone who's hurt you deeply. And as we look at Jonah 4 today, that's exactly what Jonah struggled with too. And we're going to look at what Jonah struggled with in Jonah 4. And then we're going to look at today what Jesus calls every Christ follower too. So Jonah, the backdrop, so you understand, it happened in 740 BC. It's an historical event where the northern kingdom of Israel was bordered to Assyria. And it was the bordering country. Well, Nineveh was the capital city, and that's where God was calling Jonah to. Jonah was part of the northern kingdom of Israel, and he was being called to go to Nineveh to preach to the Assyrians. So usually when you say Jonah and Nineveh, you have no emotional connection to it. But you have to understand what the Assyrians had done to the Israelites, especially the northern kingdom. And here's what was happening. The Assyrians were very wicked people. They were going in and they were taking tribes of Israel out. And they were taking them out of the northern kingdom of Israel and dispersing them out beyond where they could not come back. They were killing men in, northern, uh, in the northern kingdom of Israel. Here's how some of them would do it. But history books show us that what some of the Assyrians would do is they would take men and they would bury them up to their necks in sand and they would cut their tongues out. They also would rape their women. They would take their children as slaves. And I want you to realize that Jonah had to watch this happen. Jonah had to hear about his cousin who was buried up to his neck and had his tongue cut out. Jonah had to hear about his nephews and nieces who were sold into slavery, who were raped. Jonah had to hear about tribes who were taken and exiled to never return again that he would never see again. So when you equate Jonah and Nineveh and Jonah and Assyria, you have to understand what Jonah was facing here. He was angry. And his thought was, this is what God did in times past. God would crush, he would smite, as we say uh, in, in the King James, he would crush the nations that did that to Israel. Because the, the, what was the promise? The promise was to Abraham in Genesis 12 and 15, I will bless those who bless you and I will what? Curse those who curse you. So Jonah had every right to feel the way that he felt. But God called Jonah Jonah, to go to Nineveh and preach to them. Jonah felt like he was going to preach, you cursed us, now you're going to be cursed. Y'all get ready right? You did us wrong. You did us nasty. Now God's getting, getting ready to do you wrong and do you nasty. That's, that's what Jonah thought he was going to preach. And I want you to watch what happens in Jonah chapter 4 and the struggle that he has and the conversation that he has with God. He says, the change of plans greatly upset Jonah and he became very angry. What was the change of plans? The plans that Jonah had in his mind. He thought destruction He went and preached repentance to Assyria to repent of their sins, to turn from their wickedness, and they did it. Matter of fact, everybody there repented. They made the animals fast. They put sackcloth and ashes on. The whole nation repented of their wickedness. Jonah didn't want that. He wanted them to pay for what they had done. Because he had seen it with his eyes. I don't know the personal loss that Jonah encountered with this. But it hit Jonah in the heart. It hit him in his home. And here's what happens. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? Like, I knew. I knew this. Come on, God. This is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you were a merciful and compassionate God. Slow to get angry. And filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. So just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. And then the Lord replied, and I want you to really let this hit home. We're going to talk about this today. The Lord replied, Is it right for you to be angry about this? Jonah wanted them to pay for what they had done, and rightfully so. What the Assyrians, what the pagan Assyrians were doing, they were destroying temples. They were putting up their shrines in the Jewish temple. They were desecrating that. They were killing the the, the chosen people of God in 740 B.C., and Jonah wanted them to pay for it. He wanted to go and preach, and he wanted to see fire come down. He wanted to see what happened With some of the other prophets happened. He wanted to see God's judgment come down like a hammer on them. And what happened? He would never get a chance to have that type of satisfaction in his life. So, what I want to do today, I want us to look at this idea of self righteousness. What we're going to look at is what Jonah struggled with and what we struggle with because ultimately, Here's your big idea, and this is ultimately what it comes down to. Self-righteousness is believing is believing you earned grace, but can't extend it to, to others because they don't deserve it. Let me say it one more time. self righteous is believing you earned grace, but can't extend it to others because they don't really deserve it. See, Jonah, in his heart of hearts, believed... That he was righteous enough to receive this grace. He was good enough. Israel was good enough. But Assyria was not good enough because of what they had done. And he did not want them to have it grace extended because they did not deserve it because of what they had done. And let's just be real today, that's sometimes how we feel too. But I want to give you some ideas about grace because I believe many of us misunderstand grace and this is why we get into the situations that we get into. It's it's grace is letting them off easy. That's what we believe. And grace is not letting them off easy and that's what Jonah believed. I mean, if I go and preach repentance and they repent, they're never going to pay for what they've done. They don't have to pay for it. And it's not letting them off easy. Grace is them receiving the greatest gift they can ever receive meaning that God is able to forgive them. It's not letting them off the hook. The second misgiving about grace is this. They've done nothing to earn it, God. So you're not going to punish them? I me understand. Give them some grace. Like, hey, you get heaven. Assyria, you know, debt's all wiped clean. Slate's clean. It's all good. Bad, but can't you just like let them pay for a little bit? And we believe they've done nothing to earn it, in their life it's like hey can't they have a probation period it's like the safe driver discount have they ever asked you to do that Where you put your you know the thing in in, uh, in the lighter and it, it records how fast you go and if you do good enough then you get a lower rate that's kind of all you feel about grace it's like okay you you raised your hand you said the sinner's prayer you've turned to the lord but uh let's uh, let's just see what what you know let's give you a 90-day period to see if it's really legitimate right i mean i mean let's uh, you've done nothing to really earn it yet I had one person come and want to, whenever we did water baptisms a long time ago, they were like, hey, but this person here still struggles with this situation. They just got saved. They don't need to get baptized yet. I'm like, really? Like, we don't do a probationary period in Christianity. You're either redeemed or you're not, and you can't. Earn it. So times we think they've done nothing to earn it. And here's the last misgiving: What if they don't change immediately? Like, what if Assyria keeps doing some wicked stuff? Then can you drop the hammer, God? Like, then can you show them what the wrath of God is all about? Because that's what I want to see. And that's our misgivings about grace. What if they don't uh, change immediately? See, I want you to understand this: If grace is policed and mercy has to be earned, then it is self righteousness. And that's what so many of us struggle with. We struggle with, with this idea of self-righteousness. See, when it comes to grace, the grace of God, we're not good people. We are wicked, and God extends grace to us. And when you get grace, you don't have to. You can't, sometimes you can't go back and right all of your wrongs. Like for me, I was a very bad person. I wasn't a good person. And this is the story that I always I'll tell my son as he grows up to understand what grace is. Your daddy wasn't always a good man. I stole from people. I stole drugs. I stole money. I destroyed people's personal property. I lied to people so I could get money to get drugs. I hurt people. I did all of those things. There's a lot of people in my past, before Christ, before I knew Christ, that I hurt deeply that I wronged them. God didn't look at me and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to save you at this altar. March 1st, 1999. I'm going to save you, Kevin. But you got 60 days to go make all of it right, then you're fully saved. I would never see some of those people ever again. I didn't know where they were at in life. God gave me grace. I did not deserve it. I didn't like clean my act up and get everything right. And then God's like, all right, that a boy. Now you got some grace. And see, as I say that, You're like, yeah, that's grace. I understand that. But here's the problem. You're okay with God doing that for someone. But here's where it comes down, where the rubber meets the road. You're not okay with God doing that to someone who has treated you like Assyria treated the northern kingdom of Israel. You're not okay with that. And that's what I want to really deal deal with today. I want to talk about because your self-righteousness is hurting you. You think you're a really good person and you think that, hey, they're not really good and they don't deserve it. The gospel levels the playing field. We're all equally wicked and God has redeemed us by his grace. Therefore, and here's why this is so important today. And if you don't get this, you are going to miss this whole idea. If we don't deal with our own evil self-righteousness, because it's evil. Jesus said it is filthy rags. I can't tell you what the Greek really says. Uh, But it's as filthy rags, self-righteousness is. But if we don't deal with our own evil self-righteousness, then we will want to exact revenge, watch this, instead of extending grace. We will want to exact revenge instead of extending grace. That was the Jonah problem. He had never dealt with his own self-righteousness, that he didn't deserve the mercy of God, that he wasn't a good person. See, Jonah thought that the northern kingdom of Israel were pretty good. And can I tell you, one of the reasons God sent Assyria and allowed that is because they weren't really good. They had drifted to serving pagan gods. But Jonah thought, I'm a pretty good person. I would not, I don't deserve anything bad. And bad people deserve bad things. He did not want to extend grace to Nineveh. He did not want to extend grace to the nation of Assyria. He wanted to exact revenge. And can we just be honest today in church? Can we be honest today? That many of us watching this right now and listening would rather see our enemies have revenge exacted than grace extended. We'd rather see to have that revenge exacted on them that they we see them destroyed rather than seeing them receive grace and mercy. And if we don't get that, we're always going to drift into that area. And friends, we have to do that. We we can't desire revenge. You know, I I was confronted with this as I was writing this message, that there was a consultant who is a really well-known consultant, and we're going to bring him in to help us with our church, to figure out what we can do better. And so when I contacted him, it was a great conversation, super nice guy. I was excited about it. And then he sent the invoice, Um, this was in February, he was going to come in in December, we're going to go ahead and book him to get him on our schedule. And I said, okay, um, you know, we we, will send the, uh, the half of the payment, you know, 60 days before, and then you'll see the other half whenever you come and you do the work. If you don't, then you'll pay back the other half, blah, blah. Well, he called me and said, no, 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 I I don't know who you think you are. And he spoke to me like this. He says, I don't know if you've ever dealt with consultants. And by the way, yes, we have with many consultants. Uh, We have a lot of coaches and consultants that help us with our church. He said, I don't know who you think you are, but I I, I need all the money right now. This is couple thousand dollars i'm like all the money right now i mean that's weird like you don't do if a contractor comes and gives you a bid you don't pay him before he does the work right i mean that's common sense i said hey uh, i don't want to tell his name but i said hey buddy uh in the business do you do you operate in the business world at all because they don't do this he says you obviously don't understand how all this works and he got really angry well the guy then calls me up later and divulges that he needs the money because of a personal problem and you know because he had the check already. And we made him sign a, a notified letter that if he does not perform the services, he pays the money back. And he was like, how dare you do this to me? Who do you think you are? And he kept on and on after he told me he needed the money personally and was struggling. Trying to pull my heartstrings a little bit. Well, let's, let's keep going. It doesn't end there. Then when we book his plane ticket, he calls me up and says, How dare you? I deserve first class. Nobody's ever treated me like this. Why would your staff member book me in this? They don't understand anything about hospitality. Your church doesn't understand how to be uh, hospitable to people. You don't understand any of this. Your staff doesn't understand. I mean, he was just trashing us. And then, whenever it got to the point, uh, you know, with with booking a hotel, he didn't like the hotel because it wasn't, uh, you know, nice enough for him. And he called me up. And I'll never forget. I was at the doctor with my wife. Enough was enough. I called him and I said, let me tell you something. And no, I didn't cuss at him. I wanted to. I wanted to speak in tongues. That's called cussing, right? I'm joking. I said, let me tell you something. You will not talk about our staff like this. You will not trash our church like this. You have operated without integrity. And I have every right right now to to sue you to have that money back. You're not coming to our church no, 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 I'm sorry. I said, no, you will not step foot in our church. I don't need you. And here's what I'm going to do, buddy. Here's what I'm going to do for you. You keep the money because you've already spent it. You keep it. May God bless your ministry. Click. Now, here's where the rubber meets the road. You saw what happened there, right? I take our church's money seriously. This comes from donors and givers. Here's the struggle for me. I see this guy on Facebook all the time. He has different groups and different things that he does, and nobody knows this, what he did to us. After this happened, I rejoiced when he would go through struggling times. And the Lord Lord confronted me. The Lord said, Kevin, you have evil self-righteousness. Have you ever wronged anybody? I said, yes, Lord. Have you hurt people? Yes, Lord. Have you operated without integrity at times? Yes, I have, God. He says, I want you to pray blessing over this guy every time you see his mug shot on Facebook. Every time you see that, that, that guy pop up, you pray. I said, God, he doesn't deserve it. You know what he's doing. I mean, literally what was happening was I was having an Assyria moment with God. And God said, but you don't deserve it, Kevin. You want revenge. He needs grace. And friends, can I tell you the hardest thing for me right now is this happens every day that his little face pops up. I think, you thief, you liar, you sorry. And here's what I do. You ready? I pray for blessing over him. God, bless him. Bless him so much that he ends up in the hospital. No, no, don't, I don't do that. <laughs> I do pray for God to bless him, for God to increase his territory, for God to multiply him. I do pray for that. Is it hard? Yes. Do I fill it in my heart 100%? No. But that's what I pray for. See, that's what we have to do. We have to overcome the lie of self-righteousness because we, we buy into it. And see, the lie of self-righteousness is this is that you deserve God's grace and kindness towards you. See, I feel like that guy doesn't. And I feel like I do. Okay, like, hey, I, I, I do deserve, God bless me with this. You know why? I, I deserve it. No, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve anything that God's ever given me because I am wicked and I've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb. If you buy into an Oprah theology that you're a good person full of light, you have bought into the lie of the devil. You have to come to terms that you are not that. We are not good people, and what we we do not deserve God's grace and kindness toward us. We don't deserve it. Matter of fact, the the verse that opened my... This is the first verse I ever memorized, and I wasn't a Christian. I was not a Christian. My friend was in Wendy's with me, and I told him, I said, if our friend Andy didn't go to heaven, nobody did. My friend was a believer, just got saved. And here's what my friend said to me. I'll never forget it. Colossians 121. He says... This includes you who were once far away from God. You were enemies separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. In the King James, I'll never forget. He said, Kevin, if, if Andy didn't get, get saved, he didn't go to heaven because he was an enemy of God by the wicked works of his mind. And you're an enemy of God too, unless you get saved. And I thought, man, I'll knock you out. I'll show you what an enemy of God looks like, right? But that's the truth. And some of us believe that we're really good people. And the people who've done us wrong deserve justice. That's not grace. And we've got to come to terms that we are going to realize that we are desperately in need of God's grace. Look at God's response to his enemies in Ephesians 2, verse 4 and 5. Look at, look at God's response in Ephesians verse 2, uh, uh, chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. But God is so rich in mercy And he loved us so much, even though we were dead, even though we were wicked, separated, dead because of our sins and our trespasses. He gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. You have to understand that you don't deserve it. And when you get to that place, then God can give it to you. See, Jesus even dealt with this in his earthly ministry. Jesus came primarily when he came for the the Jews. That was his ministry. The ministry to the non-Jews didn't happen until the apostle Paul came on the the scene. And there's this Greek woman, this Syrophoenician woman, who goes to Jesus. And she says, will you please heal my daughter? She's a non-Jew. Jesus' response to her was this. He said, why should I give bread to the dogs? That's a very harsh statement, meaning that Gentiles are like just mangy dogs that roam the streets. They're not good enough. That woman could have said, who do you think you are? Here's what she says. She says, even the dogs will eat the crumbs from the children's table. She humbled herself in front of Jesus and said, Jesus, I accept what you said, but let me tell you, I'm going to humble myself. Here's the thing, until you are willing to eat crumbs under the table, you will never have a seat at the table. Until you are willing to eat crumbs under the table, let me explain that, you will never have a seat at the table. That is what grace is. And many of us can't operate in a grace-filled lifestyle with God because we believe we deserve it, and we can't operate in a grace-filled lifestyle with others Because we believe we deserve it. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to extend grace to those who least deserve it in your life. You're going to extend grace. That's what Jonah was called to do by God to Nineveh. Extend grace to the Assyrians. They're the ones who least deserve it. And that's what we have to do. Extend grace to those who least deserve it. In Jesus' first sermon ever, the Sermon on the Mount, he addresses this to his Jewish listeners. And he begins to reshape and reform their thinking. And look at Matthew chapter five, verse 43. He says, you have heard the law that the law says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. That's what the Jews operated in. That's what Jonah heard. That's what all the Jews had heard. And then look what Jesus says. But I say, love your enemies. First time they'd ever heard that. But I say, Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who took the money. Pray for those who hurt you. Pray for those who did you wrong. In that way, watch this, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his son light to both the evil and the good. And he sends his reign on the just and unjust alike. If you only love those who love you, what reward What reward is that? And look what he says next. Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. He's like, good for you. You love the people that love you. Way to go. Evil people can do that. He says, no, 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 no. I'm going to set the bar higher because of grace. Look what he says. He says, if you are only kind to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. That word's meaning complete. That word there, the teleos, means an end or a goal in the Greek, that your goal is to be just like your heavenly Father, which will call you to a higher standard than self-righteousness will ever hold you to. And Jesus Changes it. He flips the script. He says, Love your enemies. He says, Bless those who persecute you. Bless those who've done you wrong. Extend grace to those who least deserve it in your life. And this is a big ask. Jesus is asking us to do something that religion can't do. But when you're filled with the grace of God, you can do it. So, how do we do it? There's three simple things that how we can extend grace to those who least deserve it. Number one, Show love. Show love to those who least deserve it. Many of us withhold love from those who've hurt us. We want to punish them by withholding a hug, by withholding love. You do that to your spouse, right? It's called stonewalling them. They make you mad, you withhold love. That's what we do. Jesus says, Show love to those who've hurt you in your life. Who is your Assyria? Who do you need to, ex- to extend grace instead of exacting revenge? The second is this. Be kind to them. Be kind to those who you like least and those who've done you wrong. Who is your Nineveh? Be kind to people who are on the other side. Be kind to the other political party. You don't have to call them names. Be kind to them. Well, you just don't understand. I do understand this, and listen to me today. I do understand this. I understand what Jesus said. You can follow Republican leaders and Democrat leaders. I'm following Jesus. And he said, love your enemies. Love those who you like the least. Be kind to them. You keep following political parties. I'm going to follow Jesus, because at the end of the day, I'll be judged by what Jesus said Not by what some person said in politics. Show love. Be kind to those who are least kind to you. And finally, pray for them. Pray for God's favor. Pray for God's blessing. See, Proverbs says, if you wish calamity on on your neighbor, God may take it away and give it to you. Because God's serious about that. Pray for them. Pray for your ex. Pray for those who have hurt you because they need God's mercy and grace even more than us who've already got it. They are in desperate need. I didn't need revenge when I hurt people before I got saved. I needed God's grace. And friends, people need God's grace. People need you to extend grace even though that they've hurt you. They need to see God's love in action. Christianity needs to stop being just a a religious church service, and people need to see something they've never seen before so they'll take that step to follow Jesus. So the next several weeks, we're going to continue to journey with Jonah, and we're going to look at the things that God does in his life and how God works in his heart and how God can work in our hearts. And I'm going to be praying for you that God, or more than God, that you allow God To extend grace by the power of his holy spirit to those who've done you wrong stay tuned for
1: next steps hey that was an incredible message from pastor kevin and today as you're watching this online you may want to make the most important decision of your life and that's the decision to follow christ you see jesus when he came to this earth two thousand years ago when he was born he didn't just give great life lessons he didn't just perform miracles but he is the way of salvation you see when he died he was crucified on a cross But three days later, on that third day, he resurrected and came back to life. Now that's incredible because that resurrection wasn't just him coming back to life, but that was him giving us a way for salvation, to be forgiven of our sins. Because for you and me, we can't uh, do enough good, we can't earn our way into heaven. But as it says in Romans, uh, that the only way of salvation is through believing and confessing that we believe that Jesus was who he said he was, that he died and resurrected on that third day and in that resurrection conquered death, hell, and the grave, that we can be forgiven of our sins. So it's to believe that and to confess that. And if you want to make the decision to follow Christ today, it's you doing just those two things. So here's what I'd love for you to do. The way you can confess that today is click the link in the description that says you made a decision for salvation. And what we want to do, why do we do that? Because we want to connect with you. We want to invest in your relationship with God. And we have some free resources online that we want to send to you, that we want to connect with you. Again, we want to help you have a thriving relationship with Jesus Christ. And if you're new with us here today, if this is the first time or maybe the second time you've joined us here online, we'd love to connect with you also. Make sure you click that link that says I'm new here because we want to, again, we have something we want to give to you, some free resources and just a way to bless you for being with us today. So if you would, listen, we're about to go into this week, and I don't know about you, but I need God's help uh, with everything that I'm facing. So let's pray together today. So pray with me. God, we're so thankful that we can still gather, even though online. And God, I pray that over the message that Pastor Kevin shared, God, may it impact us, may it transform us, because your word is true no matter what we're facing. God, I pray that you give us your strength and your peace as we go into this week. God, we thank you for all that you have done, all that you're going to do. And it's your holy name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us online today. See you soon.